0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Indians coming from behind. It's the Indians 7, the Red Sox 5. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And hey, we're still running our contest. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you'll win a free Cleveland Baseball Mornings t-shirt of your choice. The first five people to leave five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts will win a free Cleveland Baseball Mornings t-shirt. And we've already got a couple of reviews in. Uh, we got a review in from Steve, our friend in the UK, said, uh, thanks to this show, I've learned more about baseball than ever before. I really appreciate that, Steve. So you are the, one of the first winners of a t-shirt. And I'll contact you about all your info and stuff like that. And then Mama Cat 5 said, Barris clearly loves the Indians and has incredible depth of knowledge to share. He also calls it like he sees it. No sugarcoating. Refreshing, informative, and entertaining. Mama Cat 5, Steve, I really appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. And uh, Mama Cat 5, you got to contact me. You got to get in touch with me some way. Uh, Either hit me up, DM me on Twitter, or email ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com so I can send you a free t-shirt. Uh, so thank you. Thank you out there for uh, helping to support the show. And there's still three spots left. So if you want to get in on the free t-shirt, just leave a five-star review and uh, help grow the show. That's that's really what it's about. You know, it helps grow the show, helps other people find it, uh, moves it up those podcast charts a little bit. So let's get into this game, Mike. God, I almost turned it off. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was out walking with the dog, the uh, you know. But I'm like, you know, guy's gonna throw a no hitter. I got to keep listening, right? This was the tale of two games. There was the first five innings that the Red Sox won. They win the first five innings for nothing, and the Indians are being no hit by Tanner Houck. And then the last four innings, the Indians win that seven to one, and our bullpen, but I wouldn't say dominates, but does the work puts in the work to get the job done. So uh, let's get into the storylines here. And why not? Let's go in chronological order. Let's go with the first five innings that the Indians lost because Tanner Houck was, man, he was really dancing around it. He was really working in and out of trouble. He did not make this day easy on himself. Houck's final line on the day eventually would be five and a third innings pitched. One hit, one hit given up. The solo home run to Jose Ramirez was the only hit he gave up in the sixth inning. But he did give up three earned runs, four walks on the day, only three strikeouts. Plus, he hit Jimenez, Reyes, and Bradley Zimmer. So he gifted the Indians seven base runners on the day. And I don't care how well of a no-hitter you're pitching, You gift that many base runners, it's going to fall apart on you. You cannot pitch like that. One no-hitter that I actually remember uh, working out like that was Baldo Jimenez. Before he came to Cleveland, if you remember, if you don't don't remember the early 20-teens, when we had Baldo Jimenez, uh, we paid a stiff price to get him from Colorado. We gave up our top two prospects, our top two pitching prospects Uh, to get him, and uh, he had an up-and-down career for Cleveland, but before that, in Colorado, he was a true ace, and he threw a no-hitter on April seventeenth, 2010. Uh, They beat the Braves 4-0. He was the first no-hitter in uh, Colorado franchise history. He walked six batters in that game while striking out seven and threw a career-high 128 pitches. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of those ones. Six walks in that game, he was really walking a tightrope to get through that one. And Tanner Houck was trying to do the same thing here. Now, Tanner Houck is not known for going deep into games. Um, if you look at his game log, he is not, I believe this might be the deepest he's gone Yes, five in the third inning. So finally making it into the sixth inning is the deepest he has gone in a game this season. Against Tampa Bay earlier in August, he went five innings. Uh, and then against Baltimore uh, at the beginning of the season, he had a start that he went five innings. That's it. Only twice in, in, in the entire season has he even lasted five innings. So, uh, yeah, so to go five and a third here... It, it was it was one of those things where it's like this this can't last like this isn't going to last he is going to burn out uh, or he's he's just not going to have the pitches I mean it took him ninety pitches to get through five and a third like he just was not going to be able to complete that no hitter if they were going to do it it was going to be a no hitter by committee because there was just no way Hauk was going to last and that's what happened he didn't he burned out in that sixth inning so before that. He was doing a really good job of keeping the Indians off balance with his slider. Uh going to the player breakdown here, he had a 42% CSW on his slider. Eight called strikes surprisingly. I mean when you when you when you mention the slider and CSW, I'm sure most of you were thinking whiffs, right? Swings and misses on that slider. They only swung and missed 3 times on that slider now. Granted, granted two of them were for strikeouts. He got Ahmed Rosario to swing at one that was in the other batter's box. I don't even think that ball started on the plate, and Ahmed Rosario went down on a 2-2 count and swung at that one. And then he got Bradley Zimmer inside on it, and frankly, that's a spot that's probably a giant hole in Bradley Zimmer's swing. Like he's, I mean, a no-hitter can really get to a slider in on their feet like that, in at their knees like that. That's a really tough pitch to even foul off. Um, but Bradley Zimmer has to start recognizing that one that I've seen him do that a couple of times now, whether it's a cutter or a slider kind of at his knees from a righty that breaks in on him and he just can't hold up. I don't know what he's seeing out of the pitcher's hand, but he just cannot resist swinging at that. And that's, he's never going to do anything with that. And the most he's going to do is foul that off his own foot, you know, um, he he obviously, obviously we know that Bradley Zimmer can do damage when the ball is out over the plate. So I know he's trying to protect the inside edge because people are going to attack him inside. But he's got to recognize that slider breaking in at his own legs. So uh yeah, so Howk does he use that slider effectively to get two strikeouts. He also struck out Bra- Bobby Bradley on a splitter that was frankly right down the middle on an 0-2 count that he just swung through in the second inning. Uh, Bobby Bradley, man, I mean, it's one thing if they get you to chase a high fastball or they get you on a breaking ball, uh, you know, maybe a changeup down and away, but this was a splitter that was right down the pipe. This one should have been planted in the seats in left field, right? This is a pitch to hit. So those were the three strikeouts for Tanner Houck and he was trying, he was trying to give the Indians chances here. I mean, he walks miles straw to start the game. Uh, no walks in the second inning, but he walks Daniel Johnson and then hits Andres Jimenez in the third, sets something up for the Indians, but Miles Straw grounds it with doubles play. Then he walks Jose Ramirez and walks Fermil Reyes back-to-back to, back to start the fourth inning, and he gets the next three guys to out after that. So he was really trying to give us the game, walking the leadoff hitters in the fourth, third, and first innings. I mean, this isn't even like he's got two outs and he's walking people. He's literally setting the table for the Indians to try to do something against him. And they uh, they couldn't get it done for the first five innings. So, uh, on the other side of things, the uh, Boston Red Sox were just chipping away at Indians pitching for most of the day. Especially these first five innings. Uh, it starts off with a Raphael Devers home run off of Eli Morgan in the first. Devers has a quick swing. My god. God, he has an explosive swing. Those hands came through so fast on this home run. Hits it 100.4 miles per hour, 371 feet. Let's see what the um, pitch location was on this Devers home run. Uh, It gave him 31 on the season. It was a fastball right down the pipe on a 3-0 count, by the way. Morgan didn't do himself any favors falling behind, has to throw him a fastball, Endeavor's one of the best hitters in baseball, uh, absolutely unloads on this thing. So that's how they score their first run. Then they would add another one in the second. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck this time would get a home run, 105.7 miles per hour, 418 feet to the seats in left field, and this time... Uh, it definitely was not a fastball down the middle. This time, I believe it was a changeup. Yeah, it was a changeup that was down and into Dahlbeck. And it's one of those situations where if this pitch is a little further down, it's uh it'd be strike three. It was a 2-2 count. If this one's in a little bit further down, he's got strike three. It just hangs up there enough. And Dahlbeck goes down and gets it too. If Dahlbeck just swings through this thing, he's got strike three, right? If he gives out a lazy swing, uh, but no, Dahlbeck went down and got it. And you got to give credit to the hitter on this one. It's the right pitch to throw, and it's in a nasty location, down and in like that. It's usually a strikeout for Eli Morgan, but Dahlbeck stayed on the ball, saw it, went down and got it. And he cranked the home run. 31 degree launch angle. Like I said, 418 foot missile to the bleachers in left field. So there was a there was a young woman out there who uh, put her hands up for the ball. And she's probably really glad it went over her head. And she did the right thing. She then covers her head. Because you don't know where that ball is going to ricochet once it hits the bleachers. So uh, yeah, so Dahlbeck makes it 2-0. And uh, Eli Morgan is doing a good job. Job. He just the home run ball. The home run ball really makes him pay. Then in the third inning, um, he gets him one, two, three. He gets out of the third inning clean, and that's it for Eli Morgan. They said because it's interesting. Uh, the TV broadcast had the information, but Hamilton had no clue what was going on. The TV broadcast uh, said that because Eli Morgan kind of warmed up twice. Remember, there was a three-hour rain delay to start this game. So he had warmed up before the rain delay, thought he was going to start the game, then had to sit around for three hours, then warmed up again and uh, came in to start this game, and they didn't want to push it. For some reason, their training staff felt like that was a recipe for injury. So they decided that um, he was only going to be limited to like – Something like 30 or 40 pitches. What does he end up throwing here? 45 pitches. Yeah. So they failed after 45 pitches. That's enough. We don't want to push it. I don't know. Something about warming up twice. If if he's good enough to go three innings, I don't see why he's not good enough to pitch, you know, a whole game. I mean, if you've already at 45 pitches, clearly you were fine warming up a second time, right? If you're gonna hurt yourself, it's probably gonna be in those first three innings, not innings four, five, and six, but hey, the training staff, you know, in Cleveland, especially with pitchers these days, is really playing it safe, so Justin Garza comes in, looking to give them a little bit of length out of the bullpen, and he does not, (laughs) he has a really, really tough fourth inning, Garza throws 40 pitches in the fourth inning alone, uh, Eli Morgan's final line, by the way, three innings pitched, two hits, the two home runs, two runs given up, and uh, one walk and three strikeouts for Eli Morgan. Garza comes in, and my God, uh, does he make it hard on himself. J.D. Martinez strikes out to start things, but then Bogertz does a nice job getting a single the other way. Then a the perfect example of a hit and run here where Bogarts runs. It pulls uh, Ahmed Rosario out of a shortstop position to cover the bag. And then Verdugo singles through that hole. He then strikes out Kevin Ploiecki with runners on the corner. Then he walks Bobby Dalbeck and walks Jaron Duran, both on full counts. And he walks in a run before finally striking out a clearly laboring Jonathan Arruiz to end the inning. And, uh, man, did he go to a lot of full counts in this inning. Uh, let's see here. J.D. Martinez strikes him out on a 2-2 count. Xander Bogarts, uh, he hits his in play on a 2-2 count. Verdugo works it to a full count. Verdugo works it to a full count before he finally puts the cutter in, so that's one full count. Plowecki on his strikeout actually starts 3-0 and before striking him out on three straight pitches. So that's another full count against Ploiecki. Bobby Dalback works a full count before finally taking the walk. And Jaron Duran works a full count before finally taking a changeup in the dirt. So four full counts in that inning. And that is a guy that is just laboring. So Garza labors. Uh, and then the next one to come in for the Indians bullpen would be Trevor Steffen. He would get into some serious trouble in both of his innings. Uh, he would walk Kyle Schwarber to start the fifth. Then a line-out from Rafael Devers at 111.1 miles per hour. My God, that's a monster line-out. Uh, J.D. Martinez would double off the wall in center field, a 98.9 miles per hour for him, 405 feet. Um, so that would hold Schwarber, though, at third base. Schwarber does not have a lot of speed. And then Trevor Steffen would go to work. He would strike out Xander Bogarts. And then he would get Alex Verdugo looking on a fastball to end the fifth inning. Then in the sixth inning, why not? Let's get into a little bit more trouble. Trevor Steffen gives off a leadoff double to Kevin Ploiecki. I believe that was off the left field wall. He then strikes out Bobby Dahlback. Jaron Duran singles, but Ploiecki running. Can't get past third. He would then strike out Munoz and strike out Schwarber, also looking on a fastball to end the sixth inning. So Trevor Steffen gets himself into trouble twice in the fifth and the sixth inning and back-to-back strikeouts to end the fifth, back-to-back strikeouts to end the sixth. Trevor Steffen, my God, you want to talk about really working a you know, a tightrope, really sets himself up in some deep trouble and does a great job. And once again, it's the slider. The slider was the pitch of the day. He gets Xander Bogarts with that slider in the fifth, And then, like I said, he gets Alex Verdugo looking on a fastball that paints the right edge of the plate. Then he gets uh, Bobby Dahlbeck on a slider. Both Bogart's and uh, Dahlbeck's sliders were kind of down the middle, were kind of on the plate. Then he gets uh, Munoz to chase a slider outside of the zone before finally freezing Schwarber, With a fastball again on the right edge of that plate, so incredible pitch location by Trevor Steffen, especially with those fastballs, just painting the right edge of the plate with those fastballs to get out of two tough innings. All right, Blake Parker would give up a home run, but also to Devers, he would get smoked by Devers again. Uh, Devers having himself one heck of a season, that's his thirty-second home run, uh, and then Emmanuel Clase dominant in the ninth inning, but. the Indians' offense. All right, you've been waiting for it. Here comes the comeback. Just like this game, you had to wait for it. You had to wait for the Indians' offense because here they come, and it's Jose Ramirez who's chasing Raphael Devers for the home runs for by third baseman who comes up and starts this thing. So in the sixth inning, it actually starts with an Ahmed Rosario fly out to deep right field. Ahmed Rosario going opposite field, and Verdugo runs it down, crashing into the wall. Um Ahmed Rosario hit it 95.7 miles per hour, 331 feet, had an expected batting average of 300, but Verdugo runs it down, crashing into the wall, and we'll see why that effort was important later in the game. Then Jose Ramirez comes up. This is still against Tanner Hauck and leaves no doubt for the no-hitter here. We thought Amen Rosario was going to break up the no-hitter with that shot Instead, it's the next batter, Jose Ramirez, who goes 99.9 miles per hour, 383 to the seats in right field. A huge home run from Jose Ramirez to end the no-hitter, to end the shutout, to get the Indians' offense going. Then he would hit for Mio Reyes and Bobby Bradley, and uh, Bobby, or he would hit Bradley Zimmer. Bobby Bradley would ground out, but it was so weak that they couldn't turn a double play. They'd just get Bradley at first base. And uh, Zimmer and Reyes are safe at second and third. And that brings up Wilson Ramos with two outs. And poor Wilson Ramos. To have such a good game going for him. To have such a big moment followed up by an injury. He hits a single in the left center field. Just a perfect line shot. You know, when they say find the grass, go find some grass out there. This is exactly what they're talking about. I remember Little League coaches saying that to us. Find some grass. This is it, man. Just hit it it right over the infielder's heads. Just a nice line drive into left center field. Use the big gaps in the ballpark, and it brings in two runs to score. And suddenly we got a baseball game. This thing is 4-3, to and here I am about to shut the game off. I'm walking with the dog in the park. We're on a nice stroll. I'm about to give up on this game because it's just hard to listen to you know, the Indians getting no hit again, and then suddenly they score three runs in the sixth inning, and I am locked into this thing. So that would be it in the sixth inning. Like I said, Devers would get that homer in the seventh, so now it's a 5-3 game. Uh Then the Indians would come back, score another in the seventh. This time it's an Ahmed Rosario two-out single. He hit a rope up the middle at 102 miles per hour, and then Jose Ramirez Hits one to left field at only 94.2 miles per hour. 361 to the base of the wall in left field. But this time, instead of Verdugo crashing into the wall, catching Ahmed Rosario's fly ball earlier in the game, this time it's Schwarber. And Schwarber does not put in the defensive effort like Verdugo does. Instead, he watches this one bounce off the wall, kind of gives up on it, kind of is kind of afraid of the wall a little bit out there. I mean, it's tough for a guy who should. Frankly, should be DHing, right? Not known for his defense. It's tough to ask him to go crashing into walls out there in left field. So it's a double for Jose Ramirez. It brings in Ahmed Rosario to score. Now we got ourselves a 5-4 game, and that brings up Austin Hedges. Now, earlier in this game, Wilson Ramos, uh, a nasty play. Uh, Something out in front of the plate. He feels it. He fires a strike down a second base to get the lead runner. But when he does, his left knee buckles on him and he goes down in a heap. And I don't think they've officially said, they've said it's a left knee injury, but they're still going to do, you know, MRIs to say whether it's, who knows? Who knows? There's so many things in the knee, whether the ACL or the meniscus, there's so many things that could cause someone to kind of go down like that. So we'll wait to see. I mean, hopefully for Wilson Ramos, it's, you know, a strain or something like that. It's not a full tear but you got to imagine that it's probably the end of the season for Wilson Ramos. I mean, this late in the season to have an injury like that, um, I'll, I'll be shocked if he can come back at all this season. So the Indians will once again be looking for some catching help, but that would bring Austin Hedges into the game. And Hedges, they talked about how locked in he always is. Even on his day off, he was ready to go. He hopped up, and he gets up in the eighth inning ...for his first at-bat, and he hits one, a mistake. He said in the post-game interview, we're just looking for mistakes up there, and boy, does he get one. I believe it is a fastball that is middle of the plate and a little bit elevated here. Let's go to the actual matchup. Let's tell you officially where this pitch was also off of Austin Davis, who came into the bullpen. and uh, This time, he gets a four-seam fastball up and a little in, frankly. At the letters and a little bit in, and Austin Hedges turns, hits it 99.9 miles per hour down the left field line. It stays fair, 374 feet onto the home run porch, and it ties this game at five. But that would not be it. Oh, no, the Indians were not done. They were not satisfied with just a tie because Oscar Mercado would single, and then Yu Chang would come up. He emptied the bench. He emptied the bench Uh on this day, DeMarlo Hale did because he was dealing with matchups, and he had pitchers for Boston that were locked into facing three hitters. So uh, Mercado and Chang come both come into this game eventually, and uh, Mercado would deliver deliver a single, get himself on base. Yu Chang would shoot a double down the left field line, right over the third base bag, ninety seven point seven miles per hour, and Mercado is on his horse, and he is flying around the bases. Schwarber's going after the ball in left field. Mercado rounding second, absolutely slams into Munoz in the base base path. What Munoz was doing there, I have no clue. Uh, And neither does Mercado. And he shoved him hard in the back. I mean, he really, really was not messing around. Then he says he looked over his shoulder to see where Schwarber was. Schwarber was just fielding the ball. He knew he was going to go for it. He knew there was already interference on the play. So it kind of it removes all doubt. You just keep running. The interference is going to make you safe no matter where you end up. Then the pitcher, Davies, is standing on third base, like maybe waiting for a throw, but you don't stand directly on the bag. You have to give the runner room. Normally, Mercado would take a big turn and come flying across third at top speed. You, know, you, you try to clip the corner of the bag at top speed. And instead, the pitcher standing there, he has to slow up again. So he's thrown out at home plate by a mile, but it doesn't matter. The umpire was right on it, makes the interference call, gives the Indians the run. He's safe at the plate. So an incredible play. And listening to that one on the radio, I mean, poor Hamilton is trying to keep up with everything going on. And even a veteran like Hamilton had to take a second to figure out exactly what happened in that play before he called it on the radio. So it's a huge run for the Indians. It's the go ahead run. They're up six to five now. And you know, the old adage, you come to the ballpark, you're going to see something you've never seen before. And I've never seen interference like that before. Uh, and then to add, uh, to add on to it, Miles Straw shoots a line drive off of Xander Bogart's glove, 97 miles per hour. They just can't corral. It just tips off his glove and rolls into the grass. Yu Cheng comes in to score. There's no chance of getting the speedy straw at first base. Another insurance run for the Indians. Seven to five is all Emmanuel Classe would need. I know this is a long episode, but my God, there was a lot happening in this game. When you say the tale of two in two halves of this game, it really was two completely different games. And uh, Austin Hedges said that uh, Sandy Lamar Jr. came up to him. After the Indians had finally broken the no hitter and said we're going to win this game, like Sandy Alomar was convinced, we are coming back, we are winning this game, and instilled that confidence in the guys to go out there and do it. Oh man, MVP for the day! I you know I gotta split it between uh, Trevor Steffen for I uh, just five strikeouts out of the bullpen in two innings. I mean it's a crazy line, two innings pitched. Three hits, one earned run, one walk, but five strikeouts. And then you got to give some love to Jose Ramirez for getting the offense rolling with the big home run. He ignites the comeback. Uh, three at-bats, two hits, the double and the home run, a run scored, and two RBIs on the day, plus a walk. So he was on base three times on the day. So, I'm, I'm sharing it. We got an offensive and a pitching MVP for the day. Trevor Steffen, Jose Ramirez, and uh, Wilson Ramos gets the hug for the day, right? And let's all give Wilson Ramos a big hug. Let's give him a big pat on the back. Poor guy delivers a huge RBI hit and then goes down and maybe done for the season, maybe. So, uh, you know, definitely got to give some love to Wilson Ramos. So there you go. What an exciting baseball game. Even though the Indians might uh, they might be out of the playoff race. We've been saying that for a few days now. We've been saying that for a few weeks now. Uh, still some fun baseball, some competitive baseball here. This team is not giving up on the season. And uh, whether they're building for 2022 or whether they're trying to make a run at that wild card, they are not giving up, especially against a team like the Red Sox, who they know are a playoff team and they know are a great measuring stick. Frankly, this should have been an Indian sweep. This absolutely should have been an Indian sweep of this series. They played good enough to get that sweep. But the Red Sox stole two games from them, right? Karen Cech blows that game Friday night. Wickering can't hold it down in extra innings. We know how much he struggles in extra innings late in the game. Um, but then they come back and they get this one. So that feels good. And we got to face Boston again. We're gonna see these guys very, very soon. We face Kansas City for three on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and Thursday, and then we go to Boston. We go to Fenway for a weekend series on uh, September third, fourth, and fifth. The Labor, uh, I don't know, no Labor Day. We're actually gonna be in Minnesota for that one. So, oh no, we're gonna be back home against Minnesota. Ah, so on the holiday, you'll get to go to the game if you want and check out the Indians in town. That's always nice on a holiday. When uh, you can get a lot of people to the ballpark, so uh, yeah, we're going to see these guys really, really soon. And hey, they are a good offense, but they are not good defensively. Their bullpen is suspect. I think I think we can do damage against them the next time we see them. I think we really owe it to them to win that series in Fenway. So we'll see what the Indians have up their sleeve when they travel to Boston. First, we got to face Kansas City. We got an AL Central series. Uh, We're not going to start that series until Tuesday. It's an off day, which means the show podcast will be off. We'll be back Wednesday with a new episode. The only pitcher announced for this series is Plesak starting on Tuesday. They haven't announced anybody for Wednesday or Thursday. Even the Royals haven't announced any pitchers for this series yet. So the Indians are back to 500. They're 64 and 64. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a fun game. It was a really fun game to watch. So how about that? That was absolutely incredible. I mean, you're going from no hit to coming back and winning that game. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Remember, for show merch, visit clevelandbaseballmornings.myspreadshop.com for premium t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. For men, women, kids, show off your pride for Cleveland baseball and help spread the show's name. With some high quality shirts and gear. People see you wear it around town. They go, hey, what's Cleveland Baseball Mornings? It's a fantastic podcast I listen to. You should check it out. The link is in the show notes, so just scroll up on whatever app you're on. And it's my pinned tweet on Twitter at barris And remember, if you want to win a free t-shirt, all you gotta do leave a five-star rating and review and review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, uh Mama cat 5 if you're out there, if you're listening today. Contact me through email, contact me on Twitter, let me know your information so I can send you a free t-shirt. All right, again, the final from Cleveland, it was the Indians 7, the Red Sox 5, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris, you can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com, let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash cleveland baseball mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.